Yesterday, upon the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. Now that's a poem from 1899 by William Hughes Means. But um, it also is uh, very specific to comedy duos. Little and Large had that. Cannon and Ball had that. Malcolm and Wise didn't have that. And neither do Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. What I mean is, a sort of feed man, a straight man, or woman, because, you know, French and Saunders don't have that. Tommy Cannon and Sid Little, very much. The feed people, you know? People who don't have a personality as such, because their personality will be, apart from getting through the show, their personality is to is to do a good show, push through the show, and then they can take on the, in inverted commas, funny man or woman's personality. Lauren Hardy, Malcolm and Wise, they don't have that feed man. Malcolm and Wise, you know, um, Ernie, sign dance man, had his own personality. And that's the same with um, Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. I find Bob Mortimer funnier than Vic Reeves. I find them both fantastic and I've loved all of their work. Even the stuff that people said, oh, I don't know about that. Things like Families at War, which I just... Well, it's extraordinary to see them, or it was, to see them on primetime TV with a primetime TV quiz show. Amazing. And variety show. Extraordinary. But I always find Bob funnier because he was... Vic was very much the all-round entertainer and had, um, you know, it's part of his shtick. It's part of his act. It's part of what he wanted to do. He billed himself as such. And Bob was very much the person who enjoyed being there, enjoyed the comedy of it, enjoyed having a laugh. Very natural. Which is why it's so wonderful and so odd to read his autobiography, Underway, which starts with the uh, situation recently, actually, um, of his uh, emergency heart operation, and him um, and the emotional and physical outcome and um, experience of that. But one thing that strikes me with this book, and it's beautifully written, in that it's written in not so much a conversational way, but just but just a sort of um, chatty way. It's not a conversation, it's, it's just him telling you what he's experienced. And you don't need to say a word because it's just his use of language and his optimism and kind of thirst for life, but more of that in a minute, and his warmth keeps you there. But what strikes me, you know, you get to hear about his father um, being killed in a a car crash early on in his life, and, you know, him wanting to protect his mother, but his mother wanting things for him, and him constantly, in a way, letting her down, but going part of the way down the road for her. You know, she wanted him to study. So he did, she wanted him to go to 
uh, I think it was Cambridge and it was, Oxford, it was Cambridge and him getting in um, to study law but going to Leicester instead um, and him becoming a solicitor and studying welfare law and working uh, in London um, for specific uh, council tenants and having real success <clears throat> you know once he was on the cover of uh, on the front page of the local paper because he had successfully got a, a tenant moved because she had such a, a cockroach problem he was on the front page as the cockroach king which he rather delights in but the sense is that he's never really been happy or settled not happy but settled doing anything it's these are things that happen he had a feeling for the law his mother wanted to do it wanted him to do it he did it and in some ways enjoyed it he had relationships generally which didn't turn out well and he's married now with children and um, is very lovely about um, the, the, the love of his life his current partner who he married just before he had the heart operation and all that but the relationship seemed to be where we just kind of fell into this and then and then she turned up and moved in with me that happens constantly in the book he moves from job to job and place to place you know he, he seems happiest when he was doing a job on the bins because of the characters he met and because of the way that um, he could um, have a good time without so much responsibility and all of that but he's done a lot of things and never did do you get the feeling that this is it even with the success and the comedy work he's done he loves Jim Jim Moyer, Vic Reeves he loves him he loves Paul Whitehouse and he's absolutely wonderful about how Paul Whitehouse um, came to see him or got in contact with him after the operation and asked him to come fishing and and their programme has come from that not something I'm particularly interested in but it's had such a success for him such a wonderful feeling and what a friend the friends are the bedrocks of his life but he doesn't seem to have that many and even when he's doing the work he, you know, it's something that he went to see Vic Reeves Big Night Out when um, when it was first in the, in the pub and he did bits and bobs in that because um, his friends knew uh, Vic, knew Jim and um, he did bits in the show and then did more bits and, uh, and seemed to do more bits than others and clearly and was surprised when it moved to a bigger place and um, Vic wanted him there and then wanted him to write with him when it went to TV and all of that and he's very open about the characters that he created which so many of us love so much he wears fame very lightly and is surprised at all of this you're going to towards the end of the book he's going to he's going to stop being chronological and give us some of the stuff that we're interested in for instance the Jarvis Cocker Michael Jackson situation and uh, shooting stars all of that sort of sort of you know the, the stuff we really want to hear about but the, but the whole what strikes me in the book and it's sad and beautiful at the same time is that he doesn't seem to ever take control he doesn't seem to say this is what I want to do things happen to him and he goes along with them there's a comment that once when he was at university I think at Leicester 
he um, he was he had a friend who was um, a drug user and he wasn't, but he was persuaded to take a tab of acid, to have a tab of acid, and he feels that after that time he just didn't enjoy things. And doctors said you're depressed, and that lasted all the way through his university life and for many years afterwards. And it's just mentioned in the book as if that's something that happened. There's no anguish about it. There's no discussion about it. It's just something that happened. And one day when he was watching his beloved Middlesbrough FC, he um, it lifted. But for, the, but for those years, he had pretended to enjoy things for other people. And this is a sense of, that I get in the book that You're not quite sure who Bob Mortimer is. And I suspect that's because he may not know himself. It's not... I'm not denigrating anybody, not denigrating him. Everything's a voyage of exploration. But there's a feeling that he's not in this book. He's talking about himself, but he's not quite in the book. He's talking about events that happened. But you don't get a sense of him being at the centre of it. And as such, it's such an odd autobiography, but absolutely right. He could be any one of those characters that he plays. And when he is Bob Mortimer in inverted commas, that's the most difficult thing of all to read about. It's a wonderful book. It's an odd read, but would we want it any other way? Ta-ta.